You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. What is the Geekly Oddcast? It's a panel show of television... I mean, seriously, where else was I supposed to go and watch Gomez Adams ride a rocket ship on a railroad track? Gaming. And the dice say... 17. Oh my god, 17 is Mystic Quest. And whatever comes to mind. Why does Zod need a starship? Alternating Thursdays on The Geekly Oddcast. And welcome again to the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast. I am your host, the Monster, and joining me for this special podcast is... Hey, it's me, Mr. Gene. How y'all doing? Mr. Gene is back to do our kind of official Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast top 10 Star Trek movies. So, I, yes, I am ripping this idea <laughs> off from Empire Podcast. I'm bored. I'm washing dishes. We're doing what? We're doing... Okay. And I love the topic, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> we can easily do this. Easily. Because that's... It's our blood. You cut us open. You'll find a Star Trek movies in there somewhere in our veins. And, and midichlorians? Do we and have midichlorians? Wrong fucking genre. I know. God damn it. So, before we get triple started... Blood? The, do we have triple blood? True what? Triple blood? No, triple blood. That was... Stupidest thing. And I'll get into why <laughs> I hate that movie, among many other things. Triple blood. Wait, what? Oh, my God. So, what's your definition of a good Star Trek movie? All right. Star Trek, to me, I mean, uh, it's it's one of the foundations, foundational sci-fi events of my lifetime. You know, I mean, it's been around since 1966. That's before I was born, but I remember being a child and and, and watching those reruns mm -hmm. back in the 70s. And I've grown up with it. Like you said, it's in my blood. It's just there. Right. And yet, the the constant enjoyment of having that out every few years, and and we have Star Wars to thank for that, because I don't think this, the original motion picture would have been picked up if Star Wars hadn't been such a hit. Right. And yet, watching those characters, those beloved characters, even though they're a little bit older, in new adventures, mm -hmm. every two or three years was amazing. But what makes a good Star Trek movie? Mm -hmm. It's got to be canon. It's got to make sense with the show. Uh, you've got to have the same characters, and it's got to be entertaining and yet teach a little bit. I like the way that Star Trek throws in the quotes from Shakespeare, mm -hmm. from Melville. yeah. You know, and it, 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 it elevates itself culturally that way. Right. That's something that Star Wars has can't do. No. Like, they can't do time travel, but Star Trek can, you know, too, too often. But, yeah, it, I mean, their stories are kind of linear. It's not like, I'm going to go back in time and tell my younger self, Darth Maul, not to be cut in half by Ben Kenobi. You can't do that. It's set. What's done is done. It's a galaxy far, far away. It's and not. it happened a long time ago anyway, yeah. so what's the point? So, in any case, I think... Well, I'm not sure if you're done. Uh, and you, yeah, you want yeah. a soundtrack too, don't you? Yeah, to me, what helps for me to make a, a really good Star Trek movie be more than just a Star Trek movie is the damn soundtrack. Um, what got me more excited was hearing the opening to uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture with Jerry Goldsmith's score. And I'm like, granted, John Williamson had Star Wars, but when I heard Star Trek, I'm like, oh my God, that is a strong-ass theme. Of course, later on, they used that for Next Generation. But it was just like, we're making a statement, and here we are. So it was like a good response to what Star Wars did, but Star Trek did it on their turns, and it was just like, it got me 
really infatuated to listen to what they were doing. And their movies also reflected what the movies were about. So it's not the exact same familiar themes. It was just more tailored to whatever what was going on, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, but that's the thing also with, with us. And, and like, like Star Wars, but I mean, Star Trek had a TV show. Mm-hmm. You know, and the fact is, yes, we grew up with Star Wars, but I mean, Star Trek has always been a part of our lives, right? Daily, you know, almost. and it's 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 weird that way. And the the strange thing for me is that you you can't recapture your youth, but you can grow with it, mm-hmm. and that's that's what Star Trek has kind of done. And, and, well, the Star Wars in a weird way, but again, Star Trek has eleven years over Star Wars, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it had more of a foundation in our hearts, I think, growing up. Than Star Wars. Although once the Star Wars Cinematic Universe started, that was amazing as right. well. You can't beat that for gosh, those those first few years. Yeah, I mean, in, in fairness, when we didn't have Star Trek, <coughs> there was the animated series that oh, was God. on for <laughs> a couple of years, and not until Star Wars happened did we get the motion picture, which it is at times so slow. And boring, even for me who likes Star Trek. But if you ever get a chance to watch the director's cut of Star Trek, the motion picture, Robert Weiss did help supervise this, in which they finally fix um, the formation of the ship of V'ger at the end. Uh, they cut down a lot more of the exploration of V'ger's anus because it was just way too many traveling shots, just went on forever. Um, so there was a lot of little things that they did right. So I was kind of happy with that and made the movie even better. But it felt like if you're reading your book, that's what you want to see. Kind of like slow story, the big romance reveal of seeing the Enterprise in dry dock and just taking its time going around that ship and the music is just building slowly and it's just, oh my God. It rewards you as a Star Trek fan to say, look what we can do on the big screen for you, and you got it in spades. And it was, it was thrilling to have uh, to see these old characters again. It's, it was like coming home to a family. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, what's going on with you? Well, you know, let me tell you a story about what happened. And it, it, it's fun. It was very familiar because you already, you already were in love with that universe yeah. and those characters. So it was, it was nice. And how it kind of called back to earlier characters. William Decker was the son of uh, Captain Decker in the Doomsday Machine, in which he sacrificed his life. Mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. was his son. So there was a connection to that. And another connection, unfortunately, they borrowed the exact same lines with Decker and Ilya, with Troy and Riker. Yeah, when that they was, met, I'm like, oh, geez. That was geez. really transparent. But <coughs> Come on, Roddenberry, seriously. Yeah. But I also like the way that, that, you know, the you had the movies and you still had the TV shows mm-hmm. going back. And, and that, that was fun. Because, I mean, there were points where we had Next Gen and the, um, the Star Trek movies right. as well. That was magical because that really fed the fire. Yeah. And you were waiting for them to pass the torch, which they eventually did. And they fumbled it a little bit, but it was... Yeah, but even then, you know, after Next Gen's run, you would think, well, we still got DS9, right? Uh, and Voyager... If only those had gotten movies. I mean, come on. That was kind of like maybe the biggest opportunity wasted is not having that one shot at least to be on the big screen. And not like Janeway appearing in Nemesis, you know, talking to Picard, who, you know, she lost a goddamn ship all those years and she gets a higher position than him. And he's fighting the good fight every day. And she gets promoted. What the fuck? Well, you know, she's she's away the Delta Quadrant for a while. You know, it just, she screwed up. It's her fault. But she got her her crew home, and then you want a desk job after that. Mmm, <laughs> yeah. like, coffee, real coffee. Yeah. So aside from that, what are some bad Star Trek movies that will come to mind? That what defines bad Star Trek movies? Ill-conceived concepts, mm. I think. Uh, lack of character growth. Just, oh, God, it's so hard. Because they, they're trying. It's not that, it shouldn't be that difficult 
right. you know, you know to make formula. a bad movie. Right. You know how what needs to be done. The formula is right there. And yet, if it's too episodic, it doesn't work. Yeah. And yet, and yet, Beyond makes a joke about that about life being episodic. Yeah. <laughs> and that worked. Yeah. For me, I I don't know. I mean, just poorly conceived notions, I guess, or, or repetition, repetition and unearned. Yeah. Um, time. You know, you don't know like like the the inner darkness, which is it's on my top ten, but it's just yeah. You know, when when Jonathan Harrison says no, my name is Nunian. Who is that? You don't know who that is. It doesn't right. mean anything to this Kirk. Mm-hmm. It means absolutely nothing. And yet, right. we as a, a culture are supposed to know who that is. But only the dorks knew what it was. And it upset us. Right. Because they lied. It's like, no, no, we're not doing con. I didn't care. I mean, it didn't upset me that much. It upset you tremendously. Yes, it did. Yeah. I, that's a whole podcast. You can listen to me about how they lied and how that made me feel. Yeah, I thought you, had, you were having an aneurysm when they when he said the number of torpedoes. Yeah. Like, how many torpedoes? It's 72. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ah, what, are you okay? <laughs> Just... So with that, I think it's more of not so much nitpicking. It's like, oh, you would never do that. But it's the stupidest thing as fans, like the triple blood. <coughs> Why is that all of a sudden a, a thing that you can now... Uh, use uh, Deuces Machinas, whatever, the, the god machine to bring mm-hmm. someone back from the dead, whatever. That was never a thing. All of a sudden, it became a thing. And I really despise the way Into Darkness used a lot of those things and the unearned death of Kirk and switching the roles to Spock to go, which, in fairness, Kirk will never fight against Khan and survive. So you have to have someone stronger than the Spock. But that whole twenty minutes of just fighting and I'm not and talking. no dialogue, right? I'm like, and Uhura just beaming down there and just shooting God a few times. He falls know, over. You're like, wow, it, that. Um, it becomes dumbed down, as opposed to like Star Trek, two, the Wrath of Khan. Even though the two never physically meet, physically fight, you see, but you have. Okay. Testing one two three. Testing one two three. So we're back. You want to listen to the past? No, I'm just going to just continue. We'll figure it out. (laughs) All right, so where were we? So we talked about how much um, we didn't like certain aspects of movies that made the audience. And that's the other thing, too. It's like you treat the audience one way to reward them for their loyalty. And you give them little nods and make special connections. But then you throw something stupid in there that makes absolutely no sense. Like, you know, like the Nemesis, the, the, the Nexus stuff, even though it's it's just a way of getting Kirk from one spot to Picard and another, and the two of them. Yes, you want to see this, but it's really, this is the only way we can get this done. But the thing that's interesting to me is the way that, that Star Trek is, has to be topical. I mean, like, we had seven years of a drought from the end of, of Nemesis, which came in 2002, right. to Star Trek 2009. Mm-hmm. And in that, you needed a phenomenal director. We got one. J.J. Abrams, who was... He did a great job yes. with that. And the thing that I hate about him, though, is like he ignores the rules of sci-fi that were previously established in this universe. Mm-hmm. That pisses me off. Like you wouldn't believe Trans- Warp, transportation, whatever. Yeah, the, the, the wait, you can't be from fucking Earth all the way to freaking. No, that's not. No, <laughs> you don't do no, that. No, you can't do that. And he did the same thing with Star Wars and the, mm-hmm. on the whole, we can warp through shielding? What? At hyperspace drive? You could. No. But the thing is, you don't care anymore. I can't believe that, that, that nerds all over the world didn't like revolt against that and point at the screen. But we're so hungry for it. We don't care. It's like, we'll, we'll let it go. Mm. We shouldn't do that, but okay. So, the other thing I wanted to touch upon um, is the music that, as, as I mentioned earlier, one of the things that I have enjoyed listening to is the damn score. Jerry Goldsmith, as I mentioned earlier, started off with Star Trek: The Motion Picture. They did Star Trek Five. But didn't they steal that for a next gen? Didn't they just yeah. grab the same, like, yeah, hey, same we thing. got this. Yeah, Next Generation got it, too. No one watched this movie. <laughs> it's been seven years. No, eight years. Yeah, but in fairness, it, it worked. And for a lot, even for me, even not, I never saw the original <laughs> TV series live. 
Next Generation became my Star Trek. It is. It is. Because you were, you were alive, you were conscious, you were excited, you were right. watching it week every week. week. And season to season, good and bad. Um, missing Tasha ER in the process. <laughs> but uh, the score, the movie score really kind of kept me going. Like, I, there are certain themes that are just fantastic. Um, and even... To a degree, the last score that Jerry Goldsmith did was Nemesis for Next Generation. It has a couple of nice little notes, but even by then, it was just like, no amount of work can really save Nemesis, in my opinion. Whereas Star Trek V, um, I think, helped to save Star Trek <coughs> a lot more. And if you're curious to learn... Even more information about Star Trek V. Maybe too much. Maybe too much. <laughs> Listen to my uh, 100th episode podcast in which I did a whole movie commentary about Star Trek V. Having oh. trouble sleeping? Listen to the 100th episode <laughs> right. of Monster Sci-Fi. But in fairness, you can watch the movie and play the commentary at the exact same time, and it's time's out pretty good. I'm impressed. Yes, it is. Uh, which we are planning to do our 200th soon. With... Scott Pilgrim. Pilgrim, yeah. yeah. I can't so. wait for that. All right. Um, how do you want to proceed with our numbering? Ten and, and, and up, I guess. Well, let's do this, because you have the three that didn't make it on the list, right? Yes, I do. Okay. So we'll talk about the most worst, hated Star Trek right, film there's, ever. There are 13 movies. And only three are not going to get into the top ten because these are the three worst Star Trek movies. So what's your number one uh, least hated Star Trek movie? And then the last one will be the most hated. So we're going one to 13. No, 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 no. I'm I'm talking about like the three movies that didn't make the top ten. Which the the, the one who is the very last one is the one you hate the most. Uh, The last one's the one I hate the most. Yes. Uh, The one I hate the least was Generations. Generations. I... Look, it was the passing of the torch, and again, I, I think they fumbled it. It was too dark, and I, I didn't mind. I just, it didn't give me any excitement. You know, we wanted to see the captains teaming up together, maybe on the bridge of the ship, maybe mm-hmm. like, kind of like Sulu and Kirk on the Enterprise and the Excelsior, Yeah, right? Shooting together, that was fine. Safe on their own ship. Instead, they get an away mission, they're down on the planet with Sauron, and they're fighting hand-to-hand. Right. And, and what kills Kirk... Gravity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like, that's not even brave. That's just... And, and there's an, uh, there's a meme about uh, all the irony about a captain being on a bridge, ending his life with a bridge on the captain. You know? <laughs> 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 but with his words, oh my, oh. being the way he goes, I'm like, that's You could have picked anything, Shatner. Anything you wanted. And I thought... And I saw what they did before. You said that with Picard floating on floating the, in the air, yeah, and, 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 the, the cloak and, thing, and Kirk gets shot in the back. And I'm like, it didn't work either way. No, it's it's just poorly conceived, and and yet, I it's still many things we'd never seen before. You'd never seen the saucer separation, right? In the in the midst of a battle, and mm-hmm. then the the gravitational pull destroy the ship and having it crash, and right. that was cool. But not. I mean, you had Larson Batar, you know, who came over many episodes from Next Generation to DS9 and into Generation. So, I'm like, that's kind of cool if you knew who these people were. But the Sauron thing, and you, and you had the Data's emotional chip too, don't emotional you? Chip yeah, too. which is yeah. Uh, that was tears uh, yellow tears. <laughs> but the the Sauron about him capturing Jordy. And if you're at the book... Yeah, the heart. The he heart didn't have the and, heart for it. Yeah, right. that's he in the tor- book. Right, in the book. He tortured him and with his heart, and then he made that weird line that was... You have no idea, so Some things pointless. just get cut. It just, yeah. you know. So, and even also the beginning, too, was also changed. Originally, it was just the, the bottle floating through space, cutting with Kirk doing the halo jump. Right. And then Which that, they, they didn't add. They, they just cut that out. They, of the they were, and it's interesting because I remember that uh, before uh, when Six had come out, they were like, yeah, we're going to be the next one. And Scotty's jumping up and down. And Kirk's like, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And then the, they were denying that they filmed that. But they did. It's in the mm-hmm. freaking trailer. What's yeah. wrong with you people? Right. It's but, not there. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, my least, well, it's still hated, but the least hated of the three. Um, number one is Insurrection. <laughs> insurrection, basically, it was like it's a your TV least episode. hated one. It's the least hated one. It's not bad. They're jokes. It's okay. I mean, it's it's still John. Wesley Frakes. shows up. Does he show up? No, no, that's right. no, that's no, right. no. That's that was Nemesis. Which Sorry. he's there and then he's gone. He's got that. Riker's yeah. got that clean shaven face. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but with that, there are moments in which Picard does really good stuff, but like the jokes fall flat about Worf and how he's getting a pimple. Right, well, they're on the planet that re- that regenerates people. Right. But then and, Deanna and Beverly talking about the, how their, their breasts, breasts are, are lifting, more, yeah, lifting, and I'm like, oh my god. Privately, yes, I would say <laughs> yes. I want to know your, more. Your, your deteriorating right. bodies and and regenerate to the right. way I remembered you back in 1987. That's fine. Um, but then, like, there was a scene in which they're in the library that they were they are researching. Right mm-hmm. in the library, and they're being shushed by a space librarian. I'm like, you got to stop that. But the one moment that I did like, when Riker shaves his beard mm-hmm. smoother than Android's bottom, and then dated text, like mm, no, hysterical, and I love that. But and it, it's not a bad TV episode. It's just it shouldn't be on the big screen. It's like the X Files, the second movie. I was like, it reads exactly like a TV episode. You should not have to pay for watching that crap. I agree. So, all right. So, your uh, number two. My number two least favorite, well, whatever, uh, is The Final Frontier. It's Star Trek V. The thing is that almost meant higher because it it has great lines. Yes. It's got some really funny lines. Like, why does God need a starship? Best line, yes. I, I, that, that's amazing to me. And, and the bonding scene in that mm-hmm. with, at, at, with the campfire in Yosemite National Park, I think. Yes. With the marshmallows and, and the singing Row, Row Your Boat. That is the three original characters. That's great. But I, I just, I can't. I can't. <laughs> it just. Maybe we're upset with the, the product placement of. I don't mind. Puff. I I almost I almost it I think was. I have one of those somewhere. <laughs> holds four marshmallows. That's pretty cool. And I'm like, you couldn't just put your hand inside of a bag that you just take one out. You don't have to have a dispenser for marshmallows. Look, you can eat Pez, all right, out of its own. But you know, would you have to load it up? I know. And the, the dispenser. So, but you know why they call he calls it marshmallows? Please enlighten me. Well, if you listen to my podcast, <laughs> <laughs> you would know. Enlighten me again. Okay. Go ahead. So the joke is, and this is in a book, is that uh, McCoy reprograms in the computers about marshmallows, but called them marshmallows, and how they'd be planted. Okay. Yes, exactly. Hysterical. That was it. McCoy was playing a joke on Spock. About marshmallows. Okay. He men call it marshmallows. Okay. <laughs> so not worth it. Thanks. Can I get that mid of my life back? No, I can't. Okay. Rewind your podcast and edit that part out. All right. My number two. Hate it. Yes. Nemesis. Nemesis was... The last movie for Next Generation. It, that which killed the franchise for a while. Well, no more Next Generation movies. Let's. You could say that for a bit, but I think Enterprise kind of killed Star Trek in general. On uh, TV. On TV. And like we were just like, we're just tired of everything. Um, it didn't go out as well as it should have been for the whole cast. There were no signatures floating on the screen as they pulled away like, and John Logan, who wrote Gladiator, wrote this script with Brent Spiner, decided, you know, what would be certain elements that Star Trek fans would like? Oh, like, I don't know, like Star Trek Two, in which a beloved character sacrifices himself for his t- teammates. So Data kills himself. Uh, Young Tom Hardy, eh? Ron Perlman. In fairness. A clone, a Picard. In fairness. When you watch the test footage of Tom Hardy and Picard, 
it's engaging. It doesn't come across that in the movie. But the test footage, it's very intense, and I get it. I can see why they picked him. But you watch the movie, it sucks. It blows. Um, it both other- sucks and blows? Yes. Um, the other thing that kind of, this is just me nitpicking, the, the Data character's sibling, another one. Before? Before. It was called B9. It was originally called B9. I like that rather than before. Yeah. <clears throat> so here's my problem. How can you call something before if it's the first one? Because there was nothing before. That's your prototype. Right. How can you call that before? I, I don't know. So what number is Data then? He is none. He is never. I there there, there so was, I'm assuming it was before, lore, then Data. That's it. But it's like, I didn't know this person had another brother storyline. You know how we looked in the writer's guidelines? Brother from another mother. No. <laughs> you know how in the, in the Star Trek uh, writer's Undercover guide, brother. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to punch you in the face. I'm sorry. <laughs> the line is, in, in Star Trek, you, when you want to write for a Star Trek... Well, I have the manual. Right. You cannot introduce this person's brother. You can't do that. Right. You can't do this kind of storyline. Everything's got to stay in syndication. So, yeah, right. you can't do that. Right. But they did it. They broke the rules. So I really hate the, the movies, though, not TV. <coughs> Still, I didn't care for it before whatsoever. But the movie itself, what was funny was that the director, Stuart Bard, has no directing experience except for one, Executive Orders. And that's the one with Kurt Douglas... Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal that gets killed. I love that moment. Because he gets killed early. Oh my, in the beginning <laughs> moments, and Steven Seagal gets sucked out of that airlock, I clapped. I was just so thrilled. I'm, I'm like, like, yes! Wow, you killed him off early. I give you bonus points for that, because I hate Steven Seagal. Yeah, you're not right. going to make it. You will! In the yeah. Port, yeah so I think this was the second movie, but because he was more of a film director, no, film editor, he did work on, I believe, Superman 2. So, you know, with all his experience that he had as editor, it didn't necessarily... It doesn't translate necessarily. No, but then again, remember, J.J. did say that he's not a Star Trek fan. No, he wanted Star Wars. Right. So, but because he had an outside perspective, he kind of made Star Trek 2009 phenomenal. He brought in the lens flares. Yes. That was just too much. But he made that movie engaging. It was, it was fun. It was fun. Super engaging. And I, I, my favorite part about that movie, which, again, it's, uh, it's up on my list, but the fun thing, the, the most brilliant thing about that movie that I love the most was that you actually made a Star Trek movie that doesn't touch the original timeline. Yeah. And, and, and it should not piss off the original Trekkers. You know what I mean? Because it's like, all right, we're not going to touch your, 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 your stuff because you're, you're angry people. And you have dollars. Right. But we're going to create an alternate timeline. An alternate 1985. And it, it was brilliant. Yes. I love that. And so, I mean, the things that could happen, you could kill anyone off you wanted. And that was, that was just really well done and, and well thought out. Right. So. And then they did Inner Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what's your number... Your least... My least favorite Star Trek film of all time thus far. The hate it most. It's an insurrection. Insurrection. I hated insurrection. Okay. Anything new other than... Hated it. Bought the action figures. Bought the, bought the dolls. And held them in my... No, I didn't hold them in my hand. When I went to the, but I just, I'm, I'm a collector. I am. But just like, yeah, I, I don't need to show this publicly anymore. <laughs> okay. Um, and I think, too, the problem, like many of the Star Trek movies, villains... Who cares? Who the There's only who, one villain for a Star Trek movie. Or two, maybe. I, I would say a little bit more than that, but the problem lies is the villain story. Other than I talked about the, the the war with the Dominion wasn't going well. And they needed the Baku to help them with whatever. To get city putty faces? What's the idea here? I don't <laughs> know. It's just a stretching skin disease, whatever. So I that I thought that was kind of stupid. I really thought. But in any case, um, my least hated, or the most hated, I should say, Into Darkness. I, you know, that's not fair, but I, I, I can't touch your opinion. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's just wrong on so many levels. Because 
there's a certain point up till he says his name that you can still watch as a, as a non-Star Trek fan to be okay with. I, I understand why they did that. We've yeah. gone over this oh, I know I many know. times. The thing is that the idea that they had, the idea, I mean, it fails. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a love letter to Star Trek. It is. It's just too soon, and you're experimenting, and you should have done that with a major motion picture. Right. You know, but thank God, because of the 50th anniversary, you got a third movie to do. You know, but I, I don't know. For me, I, I, I have to admit this. Like, the 2009 movie was red hot. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, what are you going to do next? Give me something new. You gave me the same shit I've had before. I'm not happy with that, but the thing is, for me, that cast... I love that cast. Yeah. You know, it's glitzy, no, it's glamorous, it's uh, fun. I mean, even the part that, that Carol Marcus, I was just like, oh, they're going to do Carol Marcus. They could have done anything with it, and they didn't do anything with it, and then she's in that... That one shot of her turning around in her underwear. And don't get me wrong, I love that, but yeah. I'm like, and, you know, I still love that, but I'm still like, did that add anything to the story? No, yeah. but uh, give me five minutes. So I, I, I enjoyed it. I'll give you two for you and your crew. Uh, but yeah, I, I that's like, a lot of things like that. I'm just like, no. You're just is, angry though. I, I mean, know. and I, the thing is, the anger affects your opinion, which it, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I can watch that. Right. I would watch that movie two or three times before I'd ever watch Insurrection again. You know, what do you want to watch? Do you want Insurrection? Insurrection? Do you want to watch? You know, Final Frontier? Or do you want to watch Fucking in the Darkness? I want to see Insurrection with an erection. <laughs> Then you're gonna have to leave Troy and and Crusher on that planet for a while longer. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, you're entitled to your taste. I just, I know. I mean, I didn't mind it. The thing is, for me, again, you asked me what makes a good Star Trek. That movie was relatively entertaining. And guess what, Monty? If you didn't know the past about Star Trek, you'd be completely okay with this. That's the other thing that I feel. But that's why- the thing you couldn't escape the past, right? People, I'm watching, they didn't know who the fuck Khan was. They're like, and okay, they, fine. They were fine with it. Right. And that's why I feel even more upset because they don't know their history. They don't have they, to know their history. Because they, they were children. Gypped. They got gypped. That's the problem. Look, Monty, uh, I mean, I mean every, every generation has their own sci-fi epics. We got lucky. We got Star Trek. We got Star Wars. Then came Harry Potter. And then the Two Towers. You know what I mean? Uh, the Return of the King. Oh, God. What the fuck is the name? <laughs> the original name of the damn Hobbit thing. Okay, The Hobbit is terrible. The Fellowship? Yeah, The Fellowship of the Rings. Thank you, goddammit. <laughs> the Fellowship of the Flashlights? But you know what I mean? Everyone gets their epic things. God, I'm sorry. Some of them got the, oh, God, the, the, uh, the new moon, the Twilight. Twilight. I'm sorry, that's what you got, you millennials. Games. I don't, yeah, that's just, that's crap. Maze Runner. What? I, mm. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to tally up our top ten. And then give you the official list, not just Gene and Lessons Supper from Mine, but our top 10 movies of Star Trek. We're going to do math now? We're going to do math now. Okay. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Hey, who's interrupting my intro? Is this a joke? This is no joke, kid. This is the Earth Station DCU Podcast. No closing anybody. Sickening. We're not that kind of podcast, kid. We talk DC news, comics, movies, and television. You gotta do better than that. We review Supergirl, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Arrow every week. That a fact. How much do I owe you? You don't owe us anything. The podcast is free. Oh, it's just I just heard this story in the cab, and it is all I can think about. We are part of the ESO Network. This is amazing. Why, thank you. And join us every week for another edition of the Earth Station DCU. Now, can we get back to the show, please? We are back. Oh. (laughs) After these messages, we're right back. We're back. Wagon wheel. (laughs) Bang, bang, bang. Bang, bang, bang. All right. So the interesting thing is that we have a couple of ties. So we don't have necessarily 10 spots. Because a lot of couple movies are tied. So it goes to number eight, which is a tie. We have coming in at one point each is Generations and Nemesis. Okay. So Nemesis was my number 10. Yeah, it Generations was... was my number 10. Okay. Uh, coming in at number seven again. This is a. Um, no, this is not a tie. 
No, it is a tie. Sorry. Into Darkness gets three points. It's probably all because of me. It's all because of you. Star I, Trek Five gets three points from me. Okay. So. Um, then we go into number six, I think, which is another tie. <laughs> Star Trek Three and the Motion Picture. Star Trek the Motion Picture. Why don't we do it like this? Why don't we tell our list first? Ditch this. And we'll go over our top ten, and then we'll go over the points. Oh, jeez, Louise. Because this is, this is too confusing. All right, Gene. Go, you, you go do your shit. <laughs> what do you mean? Do your shit. Do your list. I got to find mine. There oh, God. Okay. So, anyway, my, my top ten of Star Trek movies. And starting with number ten. Starting with number ten. Is, is my, uh, my number ten is Star Trek Nemesis. My number nine is Star Trek Search for Spock. My number eight is In the Darkness. Um, my number seven is Star Trek The Motion Picture. My number six is Star Trek The Voyage Home. Uh, my number five is Star Trek Beyond. My number four is Undiscovered Country. Uh, number three for me is First Contact. Number two is Star Trek 2009, directed by J.J. Abrams. And my number one is Star Trek Wrath of Khan. Okay. My order for number one is Generations, which is number 10. Number nine is Star Trek The Motion Picture. Number eight is... Oh, sorry. Star Trek Five. And then start uh, for number six, right? Beats. Well, what's number yeah, seven? Number six. Star Trek Three. Okay. Okay. For number five, we get Star Trek Four. Next, we get Star Trek Beyond. And then we get Star Trek Six for number three. Right. And then number two, which people are going to be surprised, is Wrath of Khan. And for me, number one is Star Trek First Contact. Wow. So the next generation beats the old generation. Yeah. Old beats new. And it's not that I, I don't think Wrath of Khan is not worthy of it. But I think because unless you have seen Space Seed, even that fight, the animosity is not there. With Picard and being Locutus, it kind of puts it in right in the very beginning. So if you've never seen anything about this, this is something that he dealt with in the past. And it's part of him with the Borg. So they kind of, it, it's in the story and it's kind of self-contained. You don't have to know about the best of both worlds and how he got kidnapped and all that. It's it's kind of mentioned, it's in in the story and mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, it ekes out slightly above Wrath of Khan for that point. So going back to our screwed up list. <laughs> Um, coming in at number with six points is Star Trek three and the motion picture, which I picked motion picture and you picked Star Trek three. Another tie coming in at 11 points is Star Trek four <coughs> and Star Trek beyond. You should explain how the scoring system works. Right. The scoring system, which is kind of, kind of screwed up. It's, it's based on the empire thing. And I thought this would work and then it got really confusing. It is. Yeah. So basically you would give 10 points for your number one. Nine points for your number two, all the way down to number 10, getting one point. Based on the number of points each one gets, your number one movie should get, if they're both you and I nominated, should get the most is 20 points. Which didn't happen. Didn't happen. <laughs> so, um, <coughs> sorry. So, coming at number four uh, with 14 points is Star Trek six. So, basically. This is the number three movie that we would have as a monster sci-fi shot. And I'll put it on the podcast for the official <laughs> list because it makes more sense. So tie for number two at 18 points is First Contact and Star Trek 2009. Right. It's and, fine. I'm fine right. with that. And then number one with 19 points is The Wrath of Khan. Khan! <laughs> Flakes. Or, or you got to do it like... <laughs> Spock, Caw! which is so weird. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't. No, 
You don't show emotion. Why are you? I don't. I don't get that. Well, he's half. And it's not as if. And here's the other thing that bugs me. It's not as if he's blaming Khan that Khan put him in there. Right. It's not his fault. Right. Kirk did that to himself. I mean, right. it's just, it's just so you. you I, I get that he put you in that scenario, but that you, why would you scream his name? Put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. You know that kind of thing. So it makes no sense for him to yell that, as opposed to maybe when you see him, you grab his attention. Yeah, yeah. Come on! But I, I do have to admit, I do love the running scene. I mean, it's 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 fucked up, but it's just like if you like running, that's your movie. That's your go. Well, Tom Cruise, he runs a lot. And breaks his ankle and still wants yeah, to run. We cut away from that. We're not going to show you that. <laughs> that was painful watching him crash. Like when Jackie Chan jumps from the, yeah, it just in the Rumble in the Bronx, you're like, ow, oh, oh, oh. Don't do that. <laughs> so we are still hoping to get another Star Trek movie, which kind of seems doubtful. It's not going to happen. Well, at least for the two Chris's, we may not get... You can't do it without Chris Pine. No, no, I'm right. That's what I'm saying. You can't afford both. You can only do it with one Chris, and that's going to be Chris Pine, not Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. You don't need Thor. It'd have been interesting, though. But then, <coughs> but then you get another insurrection, maybe. But they can fix it. They just have to come up with a fresh idea. But the thing is, it's 52 years now. I, I'm so glad they did Beyond for the 50th anniversary. Mm-hmm. I mean, at like, the very least, just give them respect for that. But then it didn't make that much money. Right, and I blamed it on Star Trek Into Darkness. You're still holding Still it. holding yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> because, honestly, the reason why it made, Into Darkness made so much money is because people love Star Trek 2009 movie. They loved a lot of it. So, the, of course, they would go to see the sequel. Unfortunately, they gave the money for the wrong reason. That's all. I don't know. So, so what do we think about the Picard show coming up? I don't know anything more other than Picard is back. <laughs> yeah, I know. No one else, just Picard. Uh-huh. I, I, I think that, again, this is the backup that CBS is having for in case Discovery can't get financed. Well, now that Les Moonves is now out of CBS, that was his idea was to bring back Star Trek. Oh, shit. Yeah. So unless the next generation tanks... It could happen. The next generation. I mean, the next season of, of STD uh, ends up getting gonorrhea. Then that might be something in question. Because it was really Les Moonves who really pushed the whole idea of streaming. And <coughs> it didn't, to me, feel like, sure, you can have Star Trek be your flagship It's series. a good series. It, it right, works. But, if you have nothing else behind it, you can't hold it in, though. Right, you got to get that stuff out. Like you know, eventually they'll get the Twilight Zone series. Eventually, and that will be interesting to watch. But until then, it's like 2020. That's not you'll get 12 months of no one's watching your streaming service until I... the new season comes on, and then the thing for me is it's, it's still affordable. I don't mind giving I my know, $5. which I still don't understand why you're paying for it if you're not watching it because I support it. It's like NPR. NPR is worthy, and CBS is not. I don't want them to cancel it. I like the show. <laughs> I can I can afford I, it, even though I'm I not was working right now. I supported only on the times it's going to be on the air. Okay, so yeah, but you already pay for your DC Universe crap, and I'm and gonna you, be watching you it pay, all you the paid time. Bulk. Yeah, well, I could, you know. There's this difference because they have Titans, Swamp Thing. Doom Patrol. Right. They're, they're producing Harley more, they're more, more, more stuff, more, more content, content. Yes. As well as the backlog of all the other. Yeah, DC I'm going to see the quality of those shows. Can, I, can, I, can you help me with that? Can I, I could lend you <laughs> my, my password, but fuck that. Oh. <laughs> Not with that attitude. Um, the other option is for Quentin Tarantino to do his R rated movie. And like I mentioned, yeah, that's not going to happen until almost maybe 2020. Because he's still doing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with the Chris, uh, Chris, Charles Manson movie. But I'm sorry, I still think, I still think the discovery is good. I, I don't mind. I mean, you got, they got the curse. You got some gore. You I'm, got Klingon boobies. <laughs> Klingon boobies. I, trust me, I'm there with the Klingon boobies. I'm just wishing that they stuck with the PST, uh, PSTD, post no, but PTSD, post traumatic stress disorder. 
Okay, for I wished for for that guy. Yeah, I forgot, forgot his name. He's still on the show. It's so I know he's still on the show. I'm like, why? I don't know either. I'm like, I don't know what you guys are if, fucking if, doing. If they had done that, I've been really interested to see that kind of storyline because we would never see um, a male hero or hear uh, a male role take on what has been traditionally a woman's role of sexual abuse in the hands of that's her a good characters. point. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting because uh, he was like, maybe he kind of collaborated just to get himself still alive. And like, that was interesting until, no. He's, he he's was, that character that got transferred in the guy's body and the whole, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I liked it. I, I it, It's a little too intense for me in a weird way. It's a little convoluted and very action-packed, which I enjoy because it moved this, the show along. Yeah. Uh, I like the Lorca twist. I like the Mirror, Mirror Universe twist. Yeah. Which, which we'll talk about that uh, in length when we get into the when season two starts. Yeah. We can do it again. Hopefully not. Oh, <laughs> hopefully not. But I am looking forward to uh, Christopher Pike. I am looking forward to explaining maybe the the Spock and Burnham's connection ish. Yeah, it's it's strange. I'm reading the book and I'm like, what? Which the the measure desperate hours. Yeah. Um, they already met. Desperate Hours, Desperate Measures. Desperate oh, Desperate, right. whatever. Whatever it is. They, it's by David Mack, right? Yeah. Right. So if you haven't read that book, basically that book, Pike has already met the crew of Discovery before the actual series took place. So she spoke with Spock on this mission before this happened in, in season two. So, uh, you know, they're basically ignoring that book, even though... He went to the producers because I asked him they a question. You know, you got what, to talk to David Mack. I told you I emailed him saying, you know, what did you do, or do you think they're going to use your material? Uh-huh. And I was like, and I know he, that he went to the producers. So I was like, what do you want me to do with them? You want to kind of make this all work and with the te- different techno, um, the technical aspects of the different shows, because the original series looks completely different. What you're doing here, it's like. Yeah, go ahead and make it work if you can. So he did. To my part, I think his logic was certain ships may be more advanced than others, mm-hmm. hence why you may have Discovery looking the way it does as opposed to like the Constitution class not having all the bells and whistles. Right, yeah, they, they do say that in there, right. yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I, I can see that. If you can explain it, I can see it. But in this case, they're just discarding everything that he just worked for out the door with the fact that they already had a meeting before Discovery even took place. So, all right. So I think we're done for now. And whenever this happens again, hopefully we'll have another Star Trek movie that we can add to the list and do this all over again, but not for some time. As the tears roll down our face. So, oh, but here's a good question before we go. Yes. What... TV episode, maybe it could be a two-parter, but what TV episode would you put as a TV as a movie? Hmm. Like if it was on TV, you liked it, it should have been made into a movie. Which which uh, series would that would have been, or what episode? What universe? Star Trek? Any any Star Trek? Best of both worlds. That's yeah. But you've you've already done that. That was epic no, for TV. I know, but if you had a two hour movie, like it's a two parter basically, two hour movie, you could have easily done that on a big screen. I would have liked to see what happened to the conspiracy aliens of things that were in Rennick's neck, I think. Yeah. In season they, one that they yeah, just dropped. Never went back to that. That would have that's but that that's like the, the secret invasion from the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Well, yeah. there was also another invasion series that happened on four different books. I forget. It was an invasion series, but it's basically... DC Universe? No, for Star Trek. We put all the covers together. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, you're talking about the the, 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 quad, the, the, the mass markets, right. Yeah. I, I never read it. It's not there. Um, tomorrow's, yeah, tomorrow's Enterprise? Yesterday's Enterprise, sorry. The one with Yar coming back. Yeah. I, I think within that one episode, within one hour... My God, did you tell some amazing stories within that one spectrum of having Enterprise B come from the past and like change the course of history? That's amazing. 
and they brought back. Well, that's the seed of that. That the yeah. you you the SS Enterprise is the start of that. Yeah, it just goes back in descent. Right. Okay. Like a few years later, right. it was like, "Wow, that very nice." Because okay. you brought her back. That's good. Yeah. Unlike the ship of the line, the the Kelsey Grammer, it was in that. Uh, right, 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 right. I remember it. Right, yeah. and he appears at one like. Why did you get him for like five no, seconds? The, the answer to that is that you know the answer to that no. is that Cheers or Frasier was filming a, a similar lots because Paramount owned both things. So like he had like five so minutes to spare. They they and they they were friends and they he'd walk over sometimes and they hey you want to be on the Star Trek show for a little bit? He's like sure. That's and they it. did a whole book and I couldn't get that's past. why that's why you got Lilith what's her name on it yeah she she was on that too well the character Lilith right a different character right and. and with Frakes. God, I can't believe I can't remember these it was, episodes. It was called it's First Call. Con- it was actually First Call. You're right, it is First Contact. Like, uh, you come back, I'll, I'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, as you can tell, we're kind of nerding out just our loves themselves <laughs> with no women around about Star Trek. So, uh, if you happen to do this list, if we're list, or if our list sucks, let us know. Please, that'll be kind of cool. But, you know, email us at monster sci-fi show at gmail.com you can still follow us on the various social networks and on that we'd, note yeah we'd love to hear from you and mind we'll still do origami screw the origami <laughs> that's that ship sailed <laughs> so on that note thank you very much Gene for joining always a pleasure and um so thank you guys for listening to us and to the monster sci-fi show podcast it's sci-fi from a certain point of view, live long and prosper. Or eat shit and die. <laughs> wow. You know, this Klingon's in the starboard bow, I'm just saying. Right. We're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.